Welcome to the Emotional Intelligence Podcast hosted by Nadia Alfertassi, founder of Thrive with EQ. Join us as we explore the world of emotional intelligence and learn how to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence. With two decades of experience in the world's largest security organization, Nadia brings a unique perspective and invaluable insights to the table. Her mission is to help businesses break down silos, build bridges, and create a culture of emotional intelligence that fosters well-being of employees, builds strong leadership, and ultimately drives business success. By learning how to manage emotions, communicate effectively, and foster a positive work environment, you can improve productivity, reduce turnover, and build a team that's happy, healthy, and motivated. So whether you're looking to enhance your own emotional intelligence or create a culture of emotional intelligence within your organization, you're in the right place. Get ready to thrive with EQ. Welcome to episode nine of the EQ Elevator podcast. Today, we will be looking at a challenge from a chief people officer of an IT company. His challenges are the high turnover rates that the company is facing and the negative feedback he's getting both from the board of directors and his chief executive officer. The pressure is high. He feels high levels of stress and he doesn't know how to reverse this, especially when we look at the IT industry in general both the tech layoffs that have been happening, the gap in STEM vacancies, the, the war for talent when it comes to attracting and retaining top talent. And his challenge specifically is that the remaining teams that are there, the morale is low and they are looking for other opportunities elsewhere. This is causing him to stress quite a bit and he has reached out to me to do an episode on how the EQ Elevator could help him both, one, manage his stress levels, two, manage his relations with the board and the CEO, and three, is emotional intelligence or is the EQ Elevator a potential tool to help with employer branding, employee value proposition to reduce the high turnover rates. So anyone who works in the IT sector, whether you are a CEO or CPO or in charge of human resources, and you can resonate that this episode is especially for you. So let's dive into it. So the challenge that this particular CPO submitted is causing him First and foremost, a lot of mental stress and physical stress, right? Mental stress translates into physical stress. So the first floor is looking at it from a self-regard perspective, emotional self-awareness, flexibility, stress tolerance, and optimism. So these are quite a few EQ tools, but it's important to use these tools to analyze your situation to uncover the invisible stress factors, as I like to call them, and get to the root cause of the problem. When we look at self-regard, this ties in with 
the currently difficult relationships with the board of directors and CEO. How do you view yourself? Do you view yourself personally responsible for reducing high turnover rate? Do you view yourself as failing in the eyes of the CEO and the board of directors? Do you view yourself not able to commit to the KPIs that you have been given or you have set for yourself perhaps in the beginning of your position? Whatever it is, it's important to use self-regard to get a better or a clearer perspective from your point of view. Once you do that, then you can tap into emotional self-awareness. For example, if you feel that you cannot deliver on the KPIs of reducing employee turnover, how does that make you feel? And does it make you feel fearful that you may lose your job? Does it make you feel inadequate because you can't keep up the KPI? And again, this is an uncomfortable process and you want to do this in the space of your own company or with someone, a person of confidence, because only when you peel off the layers from your perspective, can you uncover those uncomfortable emotions that are in the back of your mind that are draining your energy and increasing your stress levels and keeping you away from finding innovative and creative solutions that can actually help you with achieving your goals. How does your self-regard, the beliefs you have about this specific challenge make you feel? How are you using flexibility, right? Flexibility is our ability to change uh, and adapt our ways of thinking, our emotions to the situation. If you're someone who has low levels of flexibility, meaning you're more resistant to change and you've been doing a certain thing a certain way, then that can cause a lot of stress. If the board of directors of your CEO wants to keep doing things a certain way, that can cause you a lot of stress. So understanding, first we're looking at this now from your perspective, so we're still on the first floor. What are your levels of flexibility and changing your approach? But this is a challenge many industries, many organizations face, high turnover of employees. So becoming creative, innovative requires higher levels of flexibility in doing things out of the box and differently. And if you're someone who has lower levels of flexibility, more resistant to change, this can ca cause a cognitive dissonance to or more opposing beliefs, which create an internal field of emotional resistance, which drains your mental energy and causes you more invisible stress. And then optimism. Optimism is not toxic positivity or is not the cool hakuna matata, everything will work out on its own. Not at all. It's acknowledging the challenge, acknowledging your current reality, but also creating an alternative, imagining how do we, what is it that we want to achieve? What do you want to achieve six months from now? How would your organization look like with your specific efforts in terms of lower employee turnovers and start with the end in mind. Create a possibility, even if there are many obstacles now, on what would that look like specifically? What would that feel like? And this is where optimism comes in. Not only allowing the data of, of the current situation, which can be very discouraging, allow it to inform you on your strategy, but not to determine your outcome, because otherwise it will kill your creativity. 
And I also said stress tolerance. Stress tolerance is your ability to shoulder stress. And if you're someone who has high levels of stress tolerance, this is not always a good thing because often what happens, especially when you're in such a senior position and uh, responsible for increasing employee retention, reducing employee turnover, I was about to say the other way around, which then would have made no sense at all. You can run a high risk for falling prey to chronic stress. So active stress is intervals of stress, which is healthy in a certain way if you manage it, because stress can get us out of our comfort zone and performance and get, get us to act. So it is an important part. The problem is if there's no relief, if we just stay at the peak level. And this is where mental stress, the invisible stress factors come into play as well, which will why the EQ elevator helps you uncover the things you don't see, the root causes that are subconscious, so you can decrease your stress levels ultimately. So that is the first floor, self-regard. How do you view yourself capable in navigating the situation and achieving your KPIs of reducing employee turnover? Emotional self-awareness, as a consequence, how does that make you feel? Flexibility levels, how what are your flexibility levels in adapting to coming up with new strategies that perhaps are out of the box and you're not used to? And optimism, how much are you letting the current market environment, the relation, the tense relationships with your CEO and board of directors paint your picture of how does it get better? Now, the second position is uh, the second floor is the second position. If, looking at it from the perspective of your chief executive officer and board of directors. I would do this separately in better understanding what specifically is the interest or where does the board of directors come from? Why do they want lower turnovers? Obviously for higher profit margins, higher retention rates, better employer branding, more competitive uh, position in the market, better governance aspects as well. So you can look at these things from their perspective and reverse engineer to not make this now about you specifically, because always it's, it feels personal when we get uh, negative feedback, but often there is a positive intention that perhaps does not translate in the behavior we desire. Uncover their positive intention. Where do they come from? And the same thing for your CEO. Your CEO has, you know, managing multiple portfolios at the same time. The image of the company is important. And then the challenges with people is one of the biggest stressors for a CEO and for you because it impacts morale, productivity, performance. And if you want to stay innovative and keep up with the technology and digitalization challenges and reduce cyber risk, which is a huge factor for the IT uh, industry as well, then this causes all kinds of invisible stress factors. So use the second floor to look at it from the board of directors and the CEO perspective, not making it about you, but uncovering their positive intent behind their behavior. Then the third floor is the neutral, the objective floor. I, this is one of my favorite because it helps people and can help you specifically to not feel 
not taken personal when it comes to the relationships with your board of director and your CEO. Because when you look at it from an observer's perspective, so not through your eyes, not through their eyes, you can absorb, ob, ob, there we go again, Nadia, English, absorb, does that even exist in this context? I do apologize. Observe your nonverbal language and uh, nonverbal language also of the board of directors and CEO in this case, look at the dynamics of the situation without being personally involved. And when then we don't apply the tunnel vision, right? because when we look at situations from our perspective, especially when we feel stress, it's very narrow. We don't see all the factors and we feel stressed about it. So our judgment is clouded by emotions sometimes more intensely than other times, but it does play a factor in how we view the situation. So when we take an observer's role, the third floor, the bias is much less. I don't think you will, unless you're very skilled at this, I do this with my customers as well to help them look at it without bias. Then they just come up with so much new information that can inform their strategy and their decisions as they move forward towards the solution. So when you look at it from an observer's perspective, the third floor, pay attention to how you feel when you have these meetings or discussions with the board of directors and CEO. Do you feel supported? Do you feel uh, alone in this? Do you feel that you are, it's too complex, there are too many factors? Do you feel that there is no way that you can uh, reduce the employee turnover with X percent, whatever your KPI specifically is. And how do you feel about that? So just notice all the subtle dynamics that you perhaps don't notice when you look at the situation from your perspective. When you go on the fourth floor, so here is where you look, uncover the, the root causes from a systemic view. Obviously, like many industries, high turnover rates can not only damage the company's reputation, decreases their competitive ads, but also increase their risk profile for business disruption from a cyber perspective, because the less people you have working harder, they are more susceptible, A, for social engineering and paying less attention to, to practical cyber hygiene, B, probably you are outsourcing or most companies are sourcing their security if this is in your case. So you add that supply chain risk of third party vulnerabilities as well, which is the responsibility of the chief information security officer or the IT department if you don't have a specific chief information security officer. But it does impact the, your line of, of work in the sense that the business disruption risk is higher, which puts more pressure on the company, and there are not enough people to manage the, the risk in this case. And the people that are there perhaps are even increasing the surface because of a, a higher workload and less focus. And I'm not saying that this is your case, but these are things to look at from a systemic perspective. How is the high turnover rate impacting the organizational, the business disruption risk of the organization as a whole, because that is what CEOs and board of directors care most about, business continuity. 
how can we do more with less, unfortunately, and how can you know, we, we continue operations without service interruption? Because especially when you are a service provider, then consumers want everything yesterday with the highest level of quality. Otherwise, they go somewhere else or worse, complain than whatsoever. This is important to look at. Then the fifth position, you. this is actually important in this episode because high turnover rates is not only specific to your organization. There are several factors. There's the war for talent many organizations are facing, the lack of actual talent to recruit and to attract in the first place. Branding, I attended a, a, a uh, gathering or a speech the, the other day where this, the keynote speaker said that STEM branding, we are not very good at it. We're not very good in making, uh, in this case, IT vacancies exciting. So we still recruit for unrealistic positions instead of looking at the competencies that are needed and how the people to be hired will work together with the technology, with the AI, to meet those needs. And what she also said is that now the experts are putting a lot of time, 80% of what AI can do. So what the upskilling and reskilling would be to think differently, critical thinking, asking the right question to technology to get the desired outcomes you want. And the, the upskilling and reskilling is a huge part, and it's not always high on companies' agenda, but this is something that is looming large. And if you're not looking at it now, it will become, it will transform from a perhaps not even a stress factor now, or maybe it is, an invisible stress factor until it becomes an emergency. So when you use these EQ elevator floors, it gives you a, a 360 degree perspective on what is potentially stressing you out in your current position. Now, how can the EQ model help you to A, reduce your stress and B, enhance your relationships with CEO and board directors? to the extent possible. I don't think EQ has a magic wand, but you can reduce tension that is unnecessary when using emotional intelligence tools. The first tool is self-perception, and this is the tools that are important, as I mentioned, self-regard and emotional self-awareness. So you have to have an honest conversation with yourself by reflecting on what is strong in you and what do you find that are your blind spots? Because if you, often we are taught to focus on our weaknesses, but we, you can use your strengths and then obviously also work on your blind spots if you want, but you can have someone else cover those blind spots and they may have those blind spots as their strengths. This will already free up a lot of your time. Now, this can be... Uh, Either you, if you're not working with an uh, outside partner, perhaps external competencies, this can be within the company as well. So one of the, the critical factors when it comes to developing a employee value proposition or working on employer branding image is that it's company-wide effort, right? You need to involve all stakeholders. So developing a stakeholder engagement plan is useful in this case. I wrote a blog about it. 
I will link it in the description box below, or you can also go to my website and look at the blog there. But I will make it easier for you and just link it in the description box below. So self-perception, how do you view yourself? What are your strengths? You can focus on what is strong with you and outsource the rest. Emotional self-awareness, articulating, identifying, labeling, articulating your emotions. This can be uncomfortable if you've never learned how to do it, but it's so important to reduce your stress levels and come from a place of clarity and focus. I do have an EQ Leadership Foundation program that discusses all these tools uh, in more depth and gives uh, scenario examples on how you can use them. And it also includes a stress relief and clarity focus enhancing exercise. So I'll put the link down there as well if you are interested, anyone who is interested. But those are important when it comes to self-perception. Now, self-expression is all about communication skills, understanding your assertiveness levels. Do you have low levels of assertiveness? Are you more passive assertiveness? Meaning that you don't necessarily speak up on the real issues that you're facing, the root cause issues that you're facing. So you just take in from the CEO and board of directors, bottle up all those negative emotions within inside and not speak up. One day they will come out. It's like a bottle of soda. When you shake it too hard and you open it, it's going to explode. So you want to be the bottle of water that even if you're shook, shake, shook, you open the bottle of water, you stay still and calm. This is an analogy to show that if we don't deal with our emotions, we can suppress them, but they'll come up at one point sooner than, than later. If you have low levels of assertiveness, this can cause you a huge deal of stress, invisible stress, because you're not expressing your frustration in a healthy, constructive way. If you have too high levels of assertiveness, you may antagonize or put up the defenses from the board of directors and CEO in this case, and come across as aggressive. So you want to find your sweet spot by first understanding how can you leverage assertiveness in communicating in a way with the CEO and the board of directors that you do not hide the, the bottlenecks, but you communicate in a way that will lay the ground for realistic discussions and realistic solutions. Interpersonal skills. We assume that people who work in HR are highly skilled in interpersonal relations. This is not always the case. And I'm not saying that you are not skilled or you are skilled, not at all, but it's important to reflect what are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable to building strong relationships, both within your organization, but also external stakeholders to help you with a plan to reduce the, the high turnover? Or do you feel uncomfortable and you want to do it by yourself? Or do you feel solely responsible? So once you understand that, then you can have uh, a better grip on how are you going to move forward? How can you balance your levels of interpersonal skills? Because relationships are so important to deal with the challenges together. And often, if we take on the full responsibility as ours without being honest and open about what we are able to do and what we are not able to do, that causes quite some stress. Decision-making. 
So one of the, the things I mastered at NATO when working for senior leadership, which was so important, and I got this wrong many times until I started getting it right, is when you advise or when you present to senior leaders, decision-making bodies, so board of directors and CEO, first understand their decision-making style. Some senior leaders like to have a lot of data before they want they make decisions. Some senior leaders want to have control and options so they can feel like they have made a decision. Some are more ambiguous and they don't necessarily need a lot of data or information and will trust you with doing what is right in their eyes. So it will be different for different people. The better you understand the board of directors and the CEO's decision-making style, the better you will be able to develop strategies to present the data in such a way that will resonate with them. For example, one of the things that I always did, I understood early on decision-making style of my leadership and I presented several options. I'm there to, I was there to advise. I was not the general manager. My job was to advise and reduce the risk of a negative impact if any, the decision that I was presenting. So I presented the different options. I presented the impact and I advised on the decision that I thought based on the data would have the least impact. But ultimately he made a decision and I was very clear on the outcome. Sometimes the outcome went as predicted in a smooth way. Other times it did not. Still my job was to reduce increased damage control and, and reduce risk of further escalation. So once you understand that you give them, you do the light work for them and you speak in a way that resonates with them, which they will appreciate because it will take less mental energy and you can come with to solutions in a more conducive way. So that is important, understanding the decision-making styles of your stakeholders. In this case, the CEO and the board of directors. Stress management. So this is the last, and I'm not going to speak about physical stress relief exercises. There is obviously a link between mental stress and, and emotional stress and physical stress. There are so many experts out there and gurus about healthy sleep cycles, food, which I recommend if you are struggling with chronic stress to look at. I was struggling with physical and chronic stress for a very long time, and I did a lot of emotional intelligence strategies, but until I fixed the food part and the sleep part, now I feel much healthier and, and energized as well. I also go to the gym now more often and surprised that actually helped, even though I convinced myself for many months that the gym won't fix anything, but it is fixing. Yeah, I can be very stubborn when it comes to myself. So back to stress tolerance, what I focus on is the invisible stress. Thoughts create emotions. Negative emotions increase your stress. It is that simple. It doesn't mean you need to suppress your negative emotions. You need to become aware of what is unaware, make it visible. And this is where the ET elevator comes in to really look at things without judgment, curiosity. So you're not, every time you catch yourself judging yourself or judging others, replace it with curiosity. Interesting. I'm just making an observation. I'm not looking for any solution, because then you can uh, make you all the invisible stress factors become visible. And then you can say, 
what is in my circle of concern, so you put everything there, and what is in my circle of uh, control, uh, what is in my locus of control. Can I do something about it? Yes, then do something about it. Can I not do something about it? No. Then leave it in your circle of concern for now and don't stress about it. It is a way of thinking and working that you can practice. And it's, you know, sometimes you'll be very good at it. Other times it will be less. It also depends if you had a bad night of sleep. Our mood also influences our behavior. With that said, I hope these key EQ tools of how you view yourself, self-regard, emotional self-awareness, how you use assertiveness, how comfortable you are in developing interpersonal skills, stress management can help you decrease your stress levels and come up with a more positive, realistic plan to reduce employee turnover. I will also link a case study of uh, work I did with CPO on how to use emotional intelligence, the model for employee value proposition. Thank you very much for listening and I look forward to episode 10. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the EQ Emotional Intelligence Elevator Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of emotional intelligence. To learn more about Thrive VTQ and Nadia's mission to build stronger, more resilient workplaces through higher levels of emotional intelligence, visit our website at thrivevtq.com. You'll find a plethora of EQ leadership resources, tools, and services to help you and your organization thrive. Thank you again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As always, keep thriving with EQ.